Welcome to That Anita Live, the talk show dedicated to providing emotional healing through sharing to help you create a happier life. Honey, this episode, I am oh so happy. Why? Well, this is my second show with an in-studio audience. Yay! <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> Today's guest is here to heal us with her story of bracing for divorce. She's going to give us three tips to help you brace for divorce. Things you should know, but may not realize you need to know. Welcome, Debbie, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for coming out, Debbie. My pleasure to be so, here. Okay, I understand you're a divorcee. I am. Take me to the day, internally, where just you, you knew that this inevitably was going to be a divorce. Well, let me back up just a little bit if I can. Okay. I'm actually a product of divorce. Oh. And when I talk about being a product of divorce, all of my parents mm -hmm. have been married three times. Whoa. So I grew up as a child of divorce. Okay. As a teenager, my thought was, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have kids. I didn't want to have kids because I didn't want my kids to go through the emotional drama that I went through. Yeah. So needless to say, the lesson learned here is never say never, because not only did I get married once and had two kids, I got married a second time and had two kids. I'm sorry, I didn't have two kids, but I got divorced as well. So I have experienced it as a child and I have experienced it as an adult. And so I have a lot of feelings about divorce both ways. Okay, so that's the, that's the very interesting point. Let's take it then from the side of your childhood. And through a child's eyes, tell us what divorce looks like and how it feels. Like how old were you the well, first time? Well, first time I was one. So Whoa. I really didn't even know. Okay. Um, my biological dad, I would see basically every six months or ish. Mm -hmm. um, from that perspective, my mom did a great job of remaining friends with my step with my dad. So when my mom got married to the third time, she actually had her wedding reception in my dad's backyard with his third wife. So I grew up with everybody getting along, which is not always the case, right. but it, it was a good thing. And I wished that I had that as an adult. I don't, it's something I strive for, but didn't work out. But that's one of my good memories of divorce as a child. Um, my mom's second marriage ended because he had an affair and he did a lot of nasty things that I didn't know he did. I didn't learn those until I became an adult. But what's interesting is I adored that man. Um, and so when I think about all the horrible th he, things he did from the divorce process, mm -hmm. it kind of slanted how I felt about him in the later years a little bit. It's like, what, you let the house go into foreclosure? How could you have done that? Yeah, you know, yeah. that's why we had to move when I was 13 and nobody talked about it kind of thing. So lots of things happened along the way. As a teenager, I basically raised my sister because uh, my mom was always working. So it was kind of a single family okay, kind okay. of house. And what's the age difference between your sister and Six years. Wow. So as a product of divorce, and I'm kind of going all over the place here, but painting a quick picture. Mm -hmm. As a product of divorce, there's actually nine siblings. So I have, um, but none of them have the same mother and father if that makes sense. So I would see different ones at different times, but through all the marriages, I consider them all Girl. my siblings. 
need a chart. <laughs> you know, I've had to go to therapy once because of my second divorce, and that was the thing that the therapist had me do, was yeah. to map out a chart. Yeah. And every time I would bring up certain family members, she would go, now which, which column is this one in? But at least she could actually vis Follow visualize along. it. Yes. Yeah, and that's really what it is. So raising my, my one sister you know, through the teenage years, there were six years between us, and I was the mother. Um, there was a lot of resentment that created a lot of different kinds of problems, but I was basically the mother. Resentment for? She didn't want me to be the mother. She, you know, she wanted her mother, but right. her mother was off working, you know, 12 hours a day trying to make ends meet, so it was very difficult. So one thing that one of my relatives said to me at one point in time was, I don't know how you do it, and, and, this, and I don't know how you turned out to be so responsible mm -hmm. because of everything that I went through as a child. And I, you know, maybe I got in trouble once, never with the law or anything like that, right. but I've always been a pretty good, pretty responsible person. So I remember as a teenager, I worked for my stepdad for almost 10 years. And um, I remember being in the bathroom many a times at his office thinking, I'm never getting married. I'm never getting married. I never want my kids to feel what I'm feeling right now. This is awful. Mm -hmm. And um, my kids went through the same thing I went through, if maybe even worse. So, so that, that's the growing up phase, yes. if you will. And what you, what you took from that as a child was that you were never going to get married. I was never going to get married. Okay, so now how did it happen? You know, we <laughs> girls, you know, we watch a little, all those movies and they say you're supposed to get married and you're supposed to live happily ever after Barbie and, and Barbie and absolutely all of that. And I fell into it, you know, it's like, and there was a lot of insecurities, which I think a lot of girls have. Okay. And it, I, I met a guy at 18 or 19, I think, and, um, you know, he was really interested in me and we kind of got along and it's like, well, I guess this is it. And, you know, in my head, I'm going, well, I guess I should marry him because who else is going to want me? Whoa. And, you know, we dated for five years, lived together for a couple of years and finally got married. And I thought that's what you were supposed to do. You know, again, I'm a completely different person today and I see the, right. the look on your face yeah. today. But I think there are a lot of young women who think that, you know, they don't think enough of themselves that the only next step is to go and get married, which is definitely not the case. I've actually tried to teach my boys, don't get married until you're at least 30. <laughs> live, live it a little right, bit, you know. Right. That Find was, out who you are first. That's what I instilled in them is hopefully little lessons that I had learned. So I got married five years later, we had our first child. And at that point, things were getting kind of rough. Um, there's a lot of controlling going on and uh, being that independent person that I'd always been as a teenager, this controlling thing wasn't quite working really well for me. And um, got pregnant with my second child, more controlling going on. And I remember saying to my mom, you know, I can't do this. And for another five years, I stuck Daddy. it out. So, and what's interesting, I would call my mother every day, I would cry, I would complain, and she's like, you know, Debbie, you don't want to put your kids through what you went through. You just don't want to do that. And she was right, I didn't. Um, but then one day it got so bad, she's like, okay, it's time. And it was weird how I had to get my mother's permission to leave my husband, but it was that emotional, okay, it's okay to go now, you know? But she'd been there, she knew what I was about to go through and how difficult it was gonna be. 
And it was, it, it absolutely was. I remember not wanting anybody to know that I was getting divorced. I remember like when we had to sell the house, telling the real estate agent, I don't want to sign in front of the house. Okay, hold on. You're, you're crying every day, calling, talking to your mom on the telephone. Yep. And it still took five a, years. A third party. Yeah. Okay, because your mom isn't a part of the marriage. Right. To say to you, it's okay to leave. And then still with the emotions that you felt that were contradicting that you were grappling with. How did you internally, like, was it, was it her, yes, it's okay, that let you off the hook? Or was it something else inside of you that says, there's better? I honestly believe it was her letting me off the hook. I think it was her saying, you know, you know what you're about to get into. It's not going to be easy, but I guess I had enough respect for my mom because she had been through it. Yeah. She'd been through it twice, yeah. you know, that, okay, it's time to go. I, I, it's interesting that you bring that up. I have no idea why that was what said, yes, it's time to go, but that is what it took for her to say, okay, I think it's bad enough that you shouldn't be putting up with it anymore. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Then what was your next move? Did you think, how would I tell my children or? So it actually, there was a, um, uh, a, f a threat of physical violence. It, there was not actually a physical violence, mm -hmm. but I felt so fearful that I was sleeping on the couch at nighttime with a knife in my hand. So when you are sleeping in that kind of an environment, you're not feeling real good. So when it got to, it was that way a couple of days and he had threatened with a couple other things and I finally, um, it was in June, a couple days before school was out and I finally picked my kids up and I went to a, a relative's house and stayed with her and he was calling like, where are you? Why haven't you come home? And I said, I'm not coming home. The marriage is over. So yeah, I had spoken to an attorney. I had gotten some advice ahead of time just so I kind of knew the steps to take and the, the attorney and the plan for the summer even before I knew I was leaving was the kids would go to their grandparents for the summer so I had to get a, an order that it was okay to send them there so that it didn't look like I had abandoned my kids so um, I had to talk to him a little bit to get that in place and then I moved out of the house safety plan first yeah. then you moved yeah yeah while wow. sleeping on the sofa with a knife in your hand. Because I was afraid of what he might do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are a lot of people that do that very same thing. I'm sure. Every night right now. Yeah, I'm sure there are. And it's a very, very scary place to be. And I didn't want to leave because of my kids. I didn't want to leave because I'd made this commitment. It's supposed to last forever, but it doesn't always last forever. And it's not necessarily a good thing to always be there. You know? How did you, or did you, fight the urge? Because you didn't continue. Like some women go back, mm -hmm. and they try again, then they leave, and they try again, and they leave. How did you resist that urge? I think I was done. I think waiting that five years, mm -hmm. I was done. So it was you know, part of its courage. You know, it wasn't just having my mom say it's okay, but it's the courage to say, okay, I've got a big responsibility now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's no longer going to be a two-income household. It's going to be a one-income household. How am I going to minimize it being the same way it was for me, for my kids. You know, how do I make all that better? Because you don't want your kids to go through what you went through, but they did, yeah. <laughs> they and did. So since you didn't fight that and you actually left at the point that you were absolutely done, mm -hmm. 
Did any of his family or relatives call you to try and bring the two of you back together? Not really. I think his mom knew that it wasn't a good thing. I, I really do. I love his parents. Um, his parents adore me. They, they, I still go see them every quarter, basically. Wow. So they were wonder. They were and are wonderful, wonderful people. Always took the kids for long periods of time, not just a weekend or something like that. Good grandparents. So let's get into the three tips. Okay. And how someone should brace themselves for divorce before they actually make a step. Like you mentioned, you had spoken to a lawyer. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that they're going to go through not expecting? So I'm going to talk about children. Since we've kind of talked a little bit about children, and this might take us the whole rest of your time, I don't know. But I have this okay. Well, no, wait a minute. This is a good place to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Here's what you miss when you're not in studio with that Anita Live. But back then, she said she was English. She said, "Oh, this is bring me a third chair." Last stop on the bus to the first stop on the bus, right? And then you get on the seven train, last stop on the seven train, so the first stop on the seven train, 42nd Street, then you transfer street, you transfer into the one. You want yes. It. <laughs> but then I make it up there. Okay, one second. How hard is it to deliver food? Please tell a man to just leave the food at the front desk. Because you know I'm at the end of my toilet paper roll. And so I can talk to multi-generations, you know? I can. Ooh, I think it was when I talked to his wife. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I don't even mention this in a book. No, you didn't. <laughs> Please, spill the tea. You know. Did that. Come on. I love to have you in my audience. And we're back with Debbie giving us juicy details of her experience, one, growing up as a product of divorce, but then two, having two divorces herself. You gave us some information on marriage number one. So after that one, you weren't tainted because you tried it again. I did, I did. I thought the man of my dreams walked into the door and woofed me or whooshed me off my feet, <laughs> swept me off my feet, uh -huh. that's the word I want. And uh, I thought he was the perfect man. Um, he had all the values that my first husband didn't have. He was all about the family, everything. He had a nice job. Um, and he wanted someone to stay at home. Not that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I really didn't want to, okay. but um, we did. Well, he happened to, I must attract these, the physical a uh, attributes as well. And he got physical with my youngest son. Oh. And that kind of ended the marriage, not because of me thinking it was over, but because my son turned him into the police as a result of that. And he didn't think he could stay with me based on what my son had done. So what's interesting is I ended my first marriage and it was, even though it took a long time for me to end the first marriage, mm -hmm. um, it was easier. When he left me for the second marriage, it took a long time to recover. So I, what I've learned from that is when you're done, you're done and it's easier to move on. But if your partner isn't done, yeah. or if your partner walks out on you, it's a lot harder to recover from that. Mm. And I don't think people recognize that as much in the relationships a lot of times. So, so the second one lasted 
Um, eight years didn't last very long either, but no, it, that, day to day, that is a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> but what's interesting is my those were the most formative years for my kids. So my kids were seven to fifteen ish when he was the second one was in the picture, and when the marriage ended, he wanted absolutely nothing to do with them. So now these kids have a a supposedly dad who no longer wants anything to do with them. And that's a whole other episode for you at some point is dealing with step-parenting and what you should and shouldn't do with step-parenting with respects to the kids. Yeah. So that's the end of the second wow. marriage. Wow, yeah. you've been through a lot. I have, I've learned a lot. That's why I feel so strongly about this whole divorce topic, so. Divorce exposed. He's divorce exposed. So That's let's right. get into the three tips. Okay, one of them, again, around children and my philosophy on this is when you get married mm -hmm. to, and you have children, the children didn't ask to come into the world. You made the decision to bring them into the world. So if you choose to end the marriage, you need to make them a priority. And through that, it's not, you know, one of the things I think people should give some consideration to, and this is really hard, but it's putting the kids first, is that why do they have to go back and forth from parent to parent? Why can't they stay put and the parents go back and forth? Mm. That's one of my thoughts as to, you know, it, you got, this is why we have a lot of messed up kids today, I yes. think, because yes, divorce is. is so prevalent and the kids have to go back and forth. Their lives are disrupted. So that's something I wish people would start to think about. But the tip around children is as soon as you think things are falling apart in your marriage, mm -hmm. get your kids into therapy. And I don't think enough parents do that. Mm -hmm. The spouses do, but they don't put the kids in therapy. And to that same point, if things are falling apart, um, when they're in high school, mm -hmm. figure out a way to make it work through high school. Whatever you do, don't get divorced while they're in high school because that's the most formative years for them and that's when they take the chance of going down the wrong path yeah. where you really don't want yeah. them to. And stability is the most important yeah. at that time. So do all nine of you like, share holidays together? The ones that I like, we do. <laughs> Good, right, yeah. right. Yeah, but yeah, I'm going up there for 10 days. My sister who lives in Boston, I'm mm -hmm. going up there for 10 days over the holidays. Now she's getting married for the third time in October. I'm like, oh, this is tough. Wow, this it is just tough. keeps dropping out. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be interesting, but that's a whole other conversation. Okay, tip number two. Tip number two, and this almost goes back to while you're married or before you get married, but think of it as a business and have some contracts in place. Um, and I know this is really, really difficult for people because mm -hmm. like we talked about in the beginning, you know, it's like you're getting married, it's going to last forever, it's never going to end. But the reality of it is like more than 60% of marriages aren't making it. And the lawyers are the ones who really win in this scenario. And I have nothing negative to say about lawyers. I think we all need lawyers because it's contracts. But if you can talk, if you can put in writing, if this doesn't work out, how do we want to divide things? And you talk about these things when you're happy, when you're in love, not when you're fighting and you got, you know, you got the claws out. And you can think rationally and be fair. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I think that contracts are good. To give you an example for, there's a lot of people who stay at home today. Um, there's a lot of dual income families, but there are still a lot of moms, some dads, but moms who stay at home. Mm -hmm. Well, now you have the disparaging income. And if mm -hmm. the relationship doesn't work out, you know, if you've talked about how you would divide up the salaries when the relationship is good, 
if it doesn't work out, you can keep yourself out of court. Instead, that parent who stayed home, who didn't have the income, really has a tough, tough, tough time getting back to where that person might be. And if all of that was in a contract, it would just be so much easier to resolve. So that's my second tip is put yeah, things in the contract. You tend to want more when you've got the dukes up and the divorce is hot versus yeah. when you're off, straight off the honeymoon and still liking the person, much less loving them. Yeah. In my day job, I run business groups. I have a lot of 30-somethings in my groups, and it's totally business, but several of them have gotten married recently. I'm like, do you have a prenup? And they're like, no, I wouldn't have a prenup. She'd never marry me if I had a prenup. I'm like, and, or they'll say, we don't have any assets. We don't need to do that. I'm like, forget about what you have or don't have. Talk about how you would divide what you accumulate. And maybe we need to adjust it in five years. Maybe we need to adjust it in 10 years. Mm -hmm. But when you're able to talk about those things rationally, it makes the end so much easier. Yeah, because all the tabloids are reporting that Prince Harry is not doing a prenup. Really? And it really has a lot of hot conversation in my office. I'm sure, yeah. That I mean, it's for a, and against. Yes, yeah, I mean she's a beautiful woman, and they seem to have hit it off really well. But not everything lasts, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and maybe the the I don't know the queen already decides what happens afterwards. I don't I think know, so. but maybe that's why they don't have one. But I, I think so. you know, people people have a difficult time with a prenup. It's almost like, well, that means the marriage is going to end. And no, it doesn't mean the marriage is going to end. It may mean that it keeps the marriage stronger. It may mean that you try harder because you know what it's going to be like in the end. You know? Okay, let's but move into the third the last tip. one, number, two, number three. Be financially responsible. And that ties in, in the marriage and the time of divorce. So in the marriage, it's Oftentimes, one parent or one party manages the funds, mm -hmm. and the other one has no clue what's going on. There needs to be some conversation about where the money is and how money is being spent and how it's being earned so that one person isn't left in the dark with all this stuff because that just creates problems. And usually it's the man who earns the money and it's the woman who doesn't know anything about the money. And then she goes to get divorced and she doesn't know how to manage the money and it's, it's chaotic. So learn to be fiscally responsible and as a couple, pay attention to where all the funds are and have conversations about that. Um, but when it comes to divorce, the financial piece of it is sometimes going to court will cost you more money than what you're going to get as a result of going to court. And look at it that way. Again, the claws come out, I want everything. <laughs> well, the court isn't necessarily going to give you everything. Right. And you can spend fifty, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in legal fees to maybe get fifty thousand dollars. It doesn't make financial sense. But the emotion takes over from the financial. And so if you pay more attention to the financial, it can have a bigger impact on what your net result will be in, in the long run. So pay attention to the money. Pay attention to the money. Pay attention to the money. Have put the kids first. Put the kids first. Number two was? Have contracts. And number three? Be financially responsible. <laughs> great, great tips. Good. Have any of your siblings used any of those tips? Because you said, you said, the sister that you're going to see for that yeah. in Boston. The one who's about to get married. And she's getting married for the third time. No. <laughs> 
you know, we had this agreement. If she watches this, she's going to kill me for saying this. <laughs> we had this agreement okay. that before we got married the next time, we each had to give the other person approval because sometimes we're so involved that we don't see the things that the other person says. Misses those red flags. Yeah, well, she, she's gay. She met this woman, she fell head over heels with her, and she's lovely, I love this woman, I really, really do. But my sister got it in her that she was going to do a video to, for the engagement, and she invested a lot of money in this video. She's a little spontaneous. And it's a beautiful video, and it was a total surprise. I mean, they filled up a movie theater and invited this person to see the video where she proposed in the video. And my sister said, oh, by the way, we're, I'm doing this, and now I'm engaged. And I was in the theater at the time, but the video was all done. I'm like, wait a minute, we didn't talk about this, you know? And now there's, it's a 250-person wedding. And I'm like, wow. that's a lot of people for a third wedding oh. and she I'm like did you guys not talk about this ahead of time and she's like no I just got engaged and the other side of this burying nine parents that's what I was going to talk Whoa. about I was a third yeah. wife now this 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 thing blew me away I was a third wife mm -hmm. I thought I was the last one the mother of the grooms died all three wives were there the husband and all of his friends stayed upstairs. The wives and various people were downstairs. And I was being so gracious. And my in-laws were saying, how could you be so gracious? And I said, well, I'm the last one. He's on four. Oh. Yes. I stayed 20 years. All my, all the women got along. Like when my stepdad died, um, now who, I don't know, all the women got along basically. Mm -hmm. So that, that was my mom's, to my mom's credit. I, mm -hmm. I commend her with that. Like I said, I wished I could have done that, but that didn't work out in my life. Mm -hmm. question. I was gonna ask the question. You mentioned that priority is the, are the, the children. I am one of four and I don't get along with my siblings either. And it's a, it's a battle, it's a different thing. But when you stay, because, you say because of the children, and you don't discuss that with the children, that makes that child say, okay, well, she didn't, he or she didn't talk about, you know, this or that with me, and I gotta grow up in this house, and I gotta hear them arguing, fight, watch them fight. Mm -hmm. But when you don't talk to your children about what's going on, mm -hmm. they see that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you set that environment. Mm -hmm. So when they, I, I remember times when I would come home from school, and I could get walking up the steps to the porch. I haven't gotten in the house yet, I even taken out my key, and I could hear them. Okay. To your point, it, I don't think a lot of family families, I don't think a lot of people know how to talk about this because there's the guilt, there's the shame that this isn't working out. Well, the thing that was different with us, we saw it, we knew what it was. Mm -hmm. we but the parents sides. didn't know what to do. Right, but they, because, see, because, because, hold on, hold on, mom, hold on, because, one, there's the financial impact. She might she not be working. able Hold to. On. And two, Got three kids, four, two boys, two girls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's, one was the financial. Two, two. I think it's the emotional. 
It, and it's it, there, there's emotional with how am I going to do this, mm -hmm. and there's the emotional with marriages are supposed to last forever. And then number three, hold on, I don't know three. yet. Fear. 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 Yeah. Because I know Fear. a lot of people. <laughs> My yeah. mother. A lot of people who are, who are so scared of the unknown, mm -hmm. they could win the ten million dollar lottery and still not have the confidence and the courage to leave that type Sometimes. of relationship. My hold on. Is worse than leaving the unknown sometimes yeah. the embattlement the energy mm -hmm. you experience because mm -hmm. it's how do i fill the hole so wow <laughs> wow i'm gonna have to have debbie back so that we can talk about everything else around <laughs> around divorce there's a whole lot within her that we can all learn from divorce takes a serious toll on the entire circle not just the couple Consider how you will interact with in-laws, church members, people that knew you as a couple, like Debbie said. After a divorce, also remember what's most important is self-care is key to emotional healing and being on that emotional journey. To reach out to Debbie, visit divorceexposed.com. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check out thatanitalive.com for where and when to see our next episode.